0: In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. It's great to be with all of you, and as always, we like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the Mother of God, Mary is the Mother of the Church, and Mary is the Mother of of each and every one of us. Also, we like to invoke Mary with that wonderful title or words that we we pray in the Hail Holy Queen. Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So on this wonderful feast day of the presentation of Jesus in the temple, we like to present ourselves, give us ourselves to Christ through Mary. And we say the Angelic Salutation, also known as the Hail Mary, <coughs> together. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, my friends, let's invite to be with us our spiritual director. What a great privilege it is to have as our spiritual director, God himself. The third person of the Blessed Trinity, and that is the Holy Spirit. Let's pray to the Holy Spirit with a lot of faith and confidence. Holy Spirit has many beautiful titles. He is the Paraclete. He's also known as the Gift of Gifts. He's also known as the Sweet Guest of our Soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our Consoler, as well as our Counselor. Holy Spirit is also known as the Sanctifier. Holy Spirit is also known as the Interior Master. The great apostle to the Gentiles, St. Paul, says we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means daddy or father. Abba which means Daddy or Father. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us to pour forth His great light upon our minds, as well as to set our hearts on fire with the love of God Himself. So together... Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, Grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation to the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, it is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, let me help the Christians. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel. Pray for us. St. Gabriel. <coughs> Pray for us. St. Raphael. Pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. How true, my friends, the family that prays together stays together, and a world at prayer is a world at peace. So, my friends, on this feast day of the presentation, as is my custom, I'll be praying for all of you. I'd like to place you on the altar. And as for special graces and blessings on this feast day, first I'd like to pray that all of us would be open, as was Simeon, to the workings of the Holy Spirit Our sanctification depends in large part upon being open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this can be our prayer. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention will be to pray for our families. This day we see the Holy Family together in the Temple of Jerusalem We also want to pray for our families, that they will be united in the love of God, in the love of the Holy Spirit. We'd like to pray for the conversion of our families, for the sanctification of our families, and for the salvation of our families for the conversion of our families, for the sanctification of our families, and for the salvation of our families. Our Lord says very clearly in the Gospel that what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul in the process? What can we exchange for our soul? If I'd like to offer this special prayer. I'd like to pray in a special way for those who'll be dying during the course of the day. That those who are dying, I'd like to place them in the altar right now. That they would be given the grace to open up their hearts to God's infinite mercy and to be saved. So, my friends, those will be our prayers. Prayer intents are placed on the altar in the Mass today. Alright, before moving into the richness of the feast day today, the presentation of the child Jesus in the temple at the hands of Mary and St. Joseph, I'd like to just uh, give a little bit of catechesis as is our custom. We're going through the creed. And today we were heading toward the latter part of the creed We say, believing the Lord Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Very appropriate for today. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. In this we can talk about Mary, and two of Mary's privileges. One is the Immaculate Conception that refers to Mary who was conceived in the womb of her mother, Saint Anne. And Mary, in that moment of conception, God intervened, working a miracle, thereby preserving Mary from the stain of original sin. That is called the Immaculate Conception that we celebrate every year December 8th. The Immaculate Conception is also the patroness of the United States of America. When Mary appeared to St. Bernadette in 1858, She appeared eighteen times. And Mary revealed her identity. She said, I am the Immaculate Conception. Whereas we say that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, that's different. And many many good Catholics confuse the Immaculate Conception with what's called the Virginal Conception. The Immaculate Conception refers to Mary conceived without sin in the womb of St. Anne. Whereas the Virginal Conception refers to Jesus being conceived in Mary. This we can read in Luke chapter 1, the the account of the Annunciation. The archangel says that Mary will conceive in her womb and bear, bear a son. Mary says, how can this happen since I do not know man? The archangel says that the Holy Spirit will cover you with his shadow he who is conceived in you, his name will be Jesus because he'll save the people from their sins. So there we have the virginal conception of Mary. We can even talk about another one of Mary's privileges and that would be her perpetual virginity. Mary was virgin before the birth of Christ. During the birth of Christ. And after the birth of Christ. That is called the privilege of Mary's perpetual virginity. So there we have it, my friends, our brief catechetical instruction for the day. Now, let's enter into the wonderful feast. Today, the church celebrates the presentation of the child Jesus in the temple from the hands of Mary. Some liturgists say that this is technically the end of the Christmas season in that this is a day, this is 40 days after the birth of Jesus. And it's a day in which he was presented in the temple. So let's try to set the scene and derive abundant fruits. This would be the the fourth joyful mystery. It's also a the presentation of Jesus in the temple is a day in which the church has proclaimed this is a day dedicated to religious. For example, nuns as well as religious priests, among which would be myself because I'm not only a priest, but I'm a religious priest and oblate of the Virgin Mary. It's a good day for us to renew our commitment in which we consecrate ourselves to God. We as priests and religious to renew our consecration to God. We made our simple vows and then our perpetual vows. So pray for priests and religious today. And as Carmen is pointing out also, it's also called Candle Mass. When invited to bring candles to the masses today, be to be blessed. The Hispanics have the custom of bringing a little, the little um, infant Jesus to the church, and they place it at the foot of the altar. And at the end of the mass, the priest will actually bless those little statues of the Child Jesus. It's a wonderful day. It's a wonderful day, a day of great joy and day of great rejoicing. So, we can uh, just uh, walk through this passage, uh, put on our, Ign- our Ignatian mode of contemplation. Nyesha says, try to imagine the scene, composition of place, contemplate the persons, their words and their actions, and then have a colloquy, maybe even a triple colloquy. And Nyesha says, derive fruit, derive abundant fruit from this wonderful contemplation. It's wonderful contemplation. So let's enter into the scene. So Jesus is forty days old. According to the Mosaic Law, firstborn male child had to be brought to the temple to be ransomed. And the couple would ransom the child. The poor couple would offer a couple of turtle doves. Also the mother was considered impure and had to go through his process and prayers of purification at 40 days. At 40 days. So imagine... Jesus in the arms of Mary and Joseph traveling from Nazareth to Jerusalem. The family is united. When they arrive at Jerusalem, they have recourse to the temple. This is the majestic temple that was built during the kingdom of Solomon. Now there at the entrance of the temple were most likely many, many people. And parents would go there with their, with their little child to present their child at the temple. Simeon and also Anna were waiting. Simeon was an older man. And we see that he's very open to the Holy Spirit. And we can pray also for that grace that we would be, that we would be open to the Holy Spirit. You can say that prayer that we say at the beginning of our conversation. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come. Through the heart of Mary. So interiorly it was revealed to this old man Simeon that he would not experience death until he had set his eyes upon the light for all the people, Lumigensium. Let's pray that we would be more and more open to the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. more and more open to the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, they arrive at the scene. Try to maybe imagine it that They're in the Temple of Jerusalem. There are a lot of people entering and moving and they're trying to carry out their obligations. They're with their family. It's a very busy place. So as Mary arrives with the child Jesus in her arms, now Simeon spotted the Holy Family and spotted Jesus in the arms of Mary and right away Simeon recognized God in the arms of Mary. Let's pray also that we would recognize God in our midst. Pray for that grace. That the spiritual eyes of our soul will be opened up so that we can contemplate God Himself. And He sees the child, in the arms of Mary, and Saint Joseph is standing, also present. takes the child from the arms of Mary and he praises God. Now in Simon, there are three different movements of the Holy Spirit. First is the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he would not experience death until he had seen the Luma Gentium, the light of the nations. Second, he was moved by the Holy Spirit to encounter Christ in the arms of Mary. And the third... Simeon would be moved by the Holy Spirit to speak. To speak words of praise, thanksgiving, and speaking words of prophecy. Let us pray that like Simeon, we would be moved by the Holy Spirit. And that our words, the words that come out of our mouths, the words that come out of our hearts, will be words that will be inspired by the Holy Spirit. (coughs) And in the Liturgy of the Hours, that we pray as priests and religious. The morning prayer, we pray the Benedictus, the prayer of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Evening, we pray the Magnificat, the Canticle of Praise of Mary. And the night, before we go to bed, we actually pray what's called the Nunc Demitis, which is the prayer of the prophet Simeon which we hear today. And he says these beautiful words. Now, O Lord, you can let your servant go in peace. For my eyes have seen the light of all the people, a light revealed to to, to all the nations. And the glory of your people Israel. <clears throat> he makes this wonderful prophecy. He's seen now the light to all the people. Now, one of the reasons why this is also called Candle Mass It's specifically for that reason that Jesus is called the light for all the nations. So we, by holding a candle, we are called also to have Christ as our light. He's the light of the world, but He's the light of each and every one of us. And we are called, my friends. We are called. We are called, my friends, to be a light. Later on, Jesus will preach and say that I am the. He says that He is the light of the world. But Jesus also says, "You, you are the light of the world." Related to Jesus the light, the candles as well as ourselves being called to be a light. a bright and burning light is the most beautiful liturgical celebration every year. And it's the Easter Vigil Mass. The Easter Vigil Mass is so very beautiful. So very beautiful. And related to light and darkness, the church is in darkness when we starting off the Easter Vigil Mass. Outside the church, in the dark of night, there's a fire. And There's a big candle. It's called the Paschal Candle. Representing Christ, the light of the world, the risen Christ then all the people participating in the Mass are called to have their own little candle. And after the big candle, the Paschal candle is lighted, and the priest is entering into the church, this is the light of Christ, from that Paschal candle, the other candles are lighted. And by the time the priest's walking procession arrives at the altar, the whole church is glimmering with the lighted camp- candles and their flames, lighting up the whole church, perhaps 500, 600, 1,000. Little candles are lighted. Without the lights being turned on. Jesus is the Lumen Gentium. Jesus is the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. But also in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus also said that you are the light of the world. He is the light of the world, but also we are also the light of the world. And it's very symbolic that, my friends, honoring Jesus as Lumen Gentium, candle mass, we're living in a world Cloaked, covered, inundated by a heavy blanket of darkness. We can't deny that. Cloaked with a heavy blanket of darkness. We are called to be the light of the world. The Christopher Movement has a one-line model. And what is that? The Christopher Movement says, it is much better for us to light a candle than to curse the darkness. May we remember that. It's easy for us to get angry and bitter what's going on in the world, what's going on in politics, what's going on in the church, what's going on in academics, what's going on in the mass media. It's easy for us to get angry. Very easy. But that's not going to solve the problem. problem will be solved when we make an effort to become saints. That's right. We make an effort to become saints. And that's exactly what saints are. The saints, my friends, are the lights that are shining in the darkness. As we see when we talk about the saints in our perseverance family, the 1800s, there's a lot of darkness in the world especially in Europe, but God illuminated the world, enlightened the world through the person of St. John Bosco. St. John Bosco was a bright light that was burning in the darkness of the world. So we are called to be a light and much better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. The Christopher movement. Christopher means Christ-bearer. We are called to be Christ-bearers in a world where there's a lot of darkness. So let's return to the temple where Simeon encounters the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Incidentally, I once uh, I once saw a bumper sticker. I like so much that I made three for myself or had someone else make them because I don't know how to make bumper stickers. I can stick it on my bumper sticker, but I can't make it. But the bumper sticker said, Wise men still find Jesus in the arms of Mary. I know that's one of Sophie's favorites. Right, Sophie? I like that. Wise men men still find Jesus in the arms of Mary. I like that. Wise men still find Jesus in the arms of Mary. So we want to have Jesus in our arms, but not simply in our arms, but in our minds and in our hearts. Sophie's posted it, Wise men still find Jesus in the arms of Mary. So there we have it, Simeon holding Jesus in his arms. Simeon had that privilege, waiting perhaps many years to be able to see Jesus and to hold him in his arms as Mary and Joseph marveled at what he was saying. We think that Simeon was very privileged to see Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. However, in a very real sense, we, living right now, can experience on a daily basis an even greater blessing. That's right. We can experience on a daily basis, on a daily basis, a greater blessing. And I'll explain. Simeon and then Anna will encounter Jesus in the temple. We only have it once in sacred scripture. And not only did Simeon look, contemplate Jesus in the arms of Mary, but he also held the child Jesus in his arms and praised God. We have a greater privilege. We really do. And we should be thankful for this. Should be eternally grateful for this great, great privilege. And that is, we are able to see, contemplate Jesus every time that we go into the Catholic Church. Every time you go into the Catholic Church and you make your genuflection and you kneel down, you can see Jesus present in the tabernacle. For us, Monday through Friday, from 1 to 6, we actually take Jesus out of the tabernacle and we expose him for the people. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh come let us adore him. Oh come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. So we can see him every day. And Mary Jo has anticipated what I was gonna say. Mary Joe has posted, Is it the Holy Eucharist? And absolutely. So not only do we have the privilege of seeing Jesus prized in the tabernacle or in the monstrance when he's exposed but also we have the privilege not only of holding him in our arms but we have the privilege of receiving this same Lord Jesus, lumen of receiving, lumen Gentium, the light for all the people into our hearts, into our souls, and into our minds. Every time we go to Mass and receive Holy Communion. How truly privileged we really are. How truly privileged that we really are. Simeon saw him once and then he gave his nunc dimittis. Now you can let your servant go in peace. My eyes are seeing the light to all the people. A light revealed to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. What a privilege. But our privilege goes way beyond that. Our privilege goes way beyond that. Not only can we see Him once, we can see Him every day, but also we can receive Him not simply in our arms, as did Simeon, But we can receive the Lord Jesus into the very depths of our hearts. Oh, we are God's spoiled children. How good, how good God is. How good God is. How grateful and thankful we should be. Because we have such a great God that loves us so much. He loves her so much. Now, the words of Simeon do not end there. Because he's going to make, Simeon will make a prophecy. A prophecy that will come about during the course of the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The next 33 years. And the prophecy that Simeon will make is related to the suffering, the sorrows, and even the death, the sufferings, the sorrow, even the death, that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will undergo. So he, he, these are the words in the prophecy of Zem, Simeon that all of you could meditate and contemplate at your, at your ease in Luke chapter, Luke chapter 2. And they're these words. Timmy looks at Mary, says, This child will be destined. This child will be destined for the fall and rise of many. Then he says, He will be a sign of contradiction. He is destined for the fall and rise of many. He will be a sign of contradiction. Then he turns to Mary and says to Mary, and through you, through you, through your heart, a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many will be revealed. That is the famous prophecy of Simeon that he makes to, about Jesus in addressing himself specifically to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And as a result of this, my friends, we have the devotion and even the rosary of the seven sorrows of Mary. The seven sorrows of Mary, which would be the prophecy of Simeon. The flight of the Holy Family into Egypt. All these were great sorrows that Mary experienced for love of Christ, for love of us. Prophecy of Simeon, the flight of the Holy Family into Egypt. The child Jesus lost in the temple for three days. Lost and found. Then the last four refer to Good Friday, what Jesus and Mary experienced related to the cross. Fourth would be Jesus and Mary meet on Calvary, on the road to Calvary. Which would actually be the fourth sorrowful mission but also the fourth station of the cross. Fifth would be Jesus crucified for love of you and for love of me and Mary being present, and the crucifixion of Christ. Then the sixth, after Jesus dies, and He gives His mother to St. John, and gives His mother to us by saying, Woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother, From that moment, the beloved disciple took Mary into his home. And the sixth is that after Jesus dies, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea want to give Jesus a proper burial. For Jesus, the, the nails are taken out of his hands and feet and he's lowered into the arms of Mary. The depiction of the pietà of Michelangelo, Mary embracing the dead body of Jesus in her arms. And finally, Jesus is taken in procession, followed by Mary and his friends, and he's buried in the tomb. Those are, those are my friends, those are what are called the seven sorrows of Mary, and it all started By the mystery we celebrate today in which Simeon, looking into Mary's eyes and looking at the child, says, this child will be a sign of contradiction, but a sword of sorrow will pierce your heart. Of course, when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he died, the soldier took the sword and it Here's the side and the heart of Jesus who was already dead. And blood and water came gushing forth. And that sword pierced the heart of Mary. For that reason, Saint Alphonse of Ligori and some of the other saints say that Mary is known as a martyr. And she's known as the Queen of Martyr. The reason being, what Jesus experienced in His body, in His passion. Mary experienced this in her Immaculate Heart. So today my friends I invite you to share our message with all of your friends and invite all of you to renew your own consecration to Jesus through Mary and I'd like to impart to all of you my priestly blessing and I'll be praying for all of you in the holy sacrifice of the mass The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May God bless all of you with A greater love for Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Amen.